You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> Welcome to the Cindy Stewart Podcast, a source for encouragement as you learn to discover God's dream for your life. With a passion to help you on your journey, here is your host, Cindy Stewart. Today, we're going to talk about weighty assignments. Father, let me just pray. Lord, I just thank you that your word is alive. And as we release your word, it says that you are waiting to uh, fulfill your word. You're waiting to fulfill your word. Uh, You were talking to Jeremiah and you said, what do you see, Jeremiah? And he says, an almond tree, an almond branch. And and you tell him that you are waiting, you're standing to fulfill your word and that you send ministering angels. Hebrews 1, 14 says you send ministering angels to help us, your people, your saved ones to go forth and shift the kingdom on this earth. So Lord, I just thank you that your word is alive and you are moving mightily um, all around us. And God, I am just asking that you open up our eyes to be able to see what you're doing. And we just thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 So we're going to talk about weighty assignments. And I, like I said, I'm going to start by sharing a vision I had last week. Last week we were in worship and, you know, to me, uh, and our worship team is is pretty aware of this. Uh, we're not moving until God is present. That's right. And we know that we carry God with us. We know that He yeah. Jesus is always with us. We're filled with the Spirit. There's no doubt about that. But there's power in corporate unity. Yeah. There is power as we come together, and 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 God meets us in this corporate gathering. Yeah. So my heart is is we press in until we break through until there's tangibility because God wants us to worship him in spirit and truth. He wants us to encounter him uh, as we gather together because what happens is out of those encounters comes revelation and out of revelation comes transformation and out of transformation comes the ability to change the world. We can live out of intellect, but we can only transform out of experience. We can have all kinds of knowledge and no experience. So our, our knowledge is technical, not experiential. And when we have the knowledge meet the presence, that's when transformation comes. I was just reading um, God's Generals, The Revivalist last night. I just sat through and did a skim through that. It's such an amazing book. Uh, there's, there's a series of them, God's Generals. I don't know if any of you have seen them. But as I was reading through it, um, there, it was about each person that they wrote about had a powerful encounter with Jesus right. that launched them into their weighty assignment. Right. And it was, and it was continual encounters yeah. 
that kept them moving forward. They didn't live out of the first one. They lived for what Jesus had for them to encounter again. Right. We, we live from glory to glory, from encounter to encounter. Our substance, our bread is the word of God. But we need that revelation in order to activate what God has for us. So last week we were worshiping and I was laying on the floor and in the vision, I saw the whole church on its knees and I looked up, but there was no one else on their knees. And the Lord showed me everyone was bowed down in their spirit and I was like, okay, God, you know, I'm so literal. If I see it, I, I think I'm going to open my eyes and there it is. But, but he showed me that everyone was bowed down in their spirit. Right. And, um, and he said, the ones that bow down before me will receive their weighty assignment. And he reached down and he took this small, thin gold circle that was diamond encrusted off the crown of my head. And he picked up this big, heavy crown-like helmet. And it was very tall. It had points on all sides, like north, south, east, and west. It was, it was, it was not beautiful and gold-crusted and all that. It was like steel. And it was heavy. And, and when he put it on my head, I was like, you know, wobbly. I could not balance that on my head without him holding it for me. So we understand that those weighty assignments are not to um, weigh us down. He will help carry us through those assignments. So it was very industrial looking. Um, not sure how it's going to go with my hair, but, you know, it's just, it's just going to have to work that out. Well, immediately I thought of war, but he corrected me in it. And what he told me was the weighty assignments may have seasons or times of war, but the greater anointing is the one of kingdom strategy. The assignments we're carrying are the kingdom strategy. Like I said, he, we will have seasons or times of war, but, but, the, but that helmet crown was not about war. It was about kingdom strategy. And he showed me that um, the times that we're in is requiring us to discern what is, what is occurring. Hear from God and implement the blueprints he gives us. And in this process, we are thwarting the enemy's plan. And we are learning to move with greater agility to defeat what he has released. Have you ever seen those, those, um, uh, in the, in some of the newer shows, it shows people who can run really fast and bounce off sides of walls and roofs and all that kind of stuff. They're so agile and flexible and they have that ability to react almost like a cat. You know, they, they're not, they don't fall. They just bounce off of whatever's around them in order to get to the next level. That's what I feel like the Lord is showing us. 
And he showed me a couple of examples as I've been praying into this this week. And then at the end, we're going to have a declaration. But he showed me a couple of examples of what's happening across the country and how things are shifting. And last Thursday night on our call, we talked about divine interruptions. And that is what is happening. We are being divinely interrupted. So I'm going to share a couple things that I've read uh, just in the last couple days. And the Lord, every time I would see something, he would say, look, look, this is what's happening. So um, there is a Georgia awakening. Have you all heard that happening in this little small town in Georgia? Marriages are being restored, families healed, and an explosion of salvation. But this was a a dynamic shift and a a weighty assignment for them that happened very quickly. Um, It was like a divine interruption. And I just want to read this little quote from their uh, press release. It says, as COVID started hitting strong, we began to pray and seek God's face. And one thing led to another, and a businessman... And the community started gathering around. So people are looking for answers. They're looking right. for hope. And, and um, on June 1st, so this is when they started June 1st, the first service, God had, has just moved in unbelievable ways. More than 250 people have accepted Christ. We're talking about alcoholics, drug addicts, drug addicts. People are getting saved. God is moving. And um, families are being restored, healed, marriages and salvations are coming. This is in a little town. This is where somebody didn't know what to do. So they prayed. Right. Come on. (laughs) How many of us don't know what to do? We're going to (laughs) pray. But, you know, they didn't know what to do. And God had them erect a tent. And the tent would hold 3,000 people. Well, uh, according to the whole article, they got approval from the state and how many people they could have in the whole thing. But, you know, God moved past all of that. And he just said, gather and I will move. Right. And that, that's, that's where we are. Gather and I will move. I don't care if there's 10 of you. I don't care if there's 5,000 of you. If you will gather, I will move. And, and that is what's happening. Uh, Sean Fout, do y'all know who he is? The worship leader? You know, he ran for Congress. So here he is a worship leader. He's been well-known, produced quite a few albums. And the Lord said, run for Congress in California. He was defeated in the primary. So his divine interruption of his normal life of being a worship leader. He spent, you know, six months, eight months running for Congress, was defeated. And now he is going up and down the coast of California, up and down the cities of California and having outdoor worship events. And people are getting saved. People are getting healed. People are getting delivered because California can't meet in churches. They cannot meet in homes. California has said they cannot meet at homes. So he said, well, let's just meet outside. Right. And, and, and what we're seeing is this movement of God. God could care less what the enemy is doing. Come on. He doesn't care. Right. He doesn't care. He says, I don't care what you're doing because my people will worship me. Yes. I will bring people to my heart. Yeah. 
There will be salvation. There will be healing. There will be families restored. There will be marriages restored. There will be people healed. I don't care what the enemy's doing because I've put my people in position to defeat, to thwart. That was the word the Lord gave me, thwart. That's not a big word that I use a lot. I'm going to thwart you. <laughs> you better stop it. I'm thwarting you. I mean, that is not like one of my big words. <laughs> stop it maybe, but you know, but you know, he is, he is thwarting. He is yes. crushing the enemy's plans. I mean, think about it in, in, you know, we think about it in our lives. Think about when, when you're just going along, going along, you've got your little crown on, you've got everything figured out how it's working. And God's like, uh, that's a little bit too easy. Let me, you're ready for the weightier assignment. And that weighty assignment may be temporary. It may be long-term. I mean, look at president Trump. He was a businessman. God says, think you're going to run for president. Is that what he aspired to his whole life? No. But you know, sometimes God interrupts us because it's the call he has on us. You know, think about Jeremiah one. I'm just going to read out of here real quick. You can go there or not. There's a couple of scriptures we're going to read, but I want to really emphasize what's going on out there right now. So we can understand what God is doing on the earth. We are not afraid. We are not held hostage by anything going on in this world. We are, are bound to God. And God will protect. He will defend. He will shift us wherever we need to go. Because he has a plan for us. And you know, in Jeremiah, it says, um, verse 4, Jeremiah 1. It says, now the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. So before God formed you in the womb, he knew you. Yeah. Right? Yes. Say, he knew me. He knew me. That's right. And before you were born, I consecrated you. And in the Amplifies, it says, to myself as my own. I have appointed you as a prophet to the nations. So before Jeremiah was born, he was appointed to the prophet to the nations. Before you were born, your appointment was given. Your appointment was given. What God had planned for you was given. That's right. That where you are right now today at eleven eleven, at eleven eleven, God has appointed you for this season. God has appointed you to rise up, receive your assignment, and thwart the plans of the enemy. Right. And it takes every one of us. It takes every one of us. Um, so he, and now he's going to start, this, he's going to start traveling across America. He feels like God has given him a new assignment, him, his wife, and his four children. And they're little. They're, you know, they're little bitty kids. They're just going to, they're going across America, releasing worship. And what does worship do? It disarms the enemy. Yeah. It, it, it makes our spirit rise up to worship God. So he's going across America, breaking the stronghold of oppression throughout our country. And that's just one guy. Yeah, it's S-E-A-N, and it's F-E-U-C-H-T. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. Yeah. 
edit later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and then I don't know if you guys saw this morning, I saw it hit the news this morning, but this, and I don't even look at stuff like this, but God brings to you what you need to know, right? right? He will, he will bring up. So uh, we understand that there is a whole move of people, uh, our, our athletic teams taking a knee, right? Okay, so this guy, that's, that is uh, the Giants reliever, uh, he said he would not take a knee. Now, you understand, he's a pitcher. Isn't that what he is? He's a pitcher, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, his assignment is to hit that ball. Mm-hmm. Or throw the ball, I'm sorry. Throw the ball. I'm thinking baseball. I'm thinking of a... Um, what do you call it when they come into bat for you? That's what I was thinking of. Yes, he's a, he's a relief pitcher. So he's, that's his assignment. That's where God has him. And all of a sudden, there's a divine interruption for him. So he chooses not to take the knee. Right. And, and the whole thing is to, uh, we won't go into all that. But anyhow, this is what he says. I mean no ill will by it. I don't think I'm any better than anyone. I'm just a Christian. I believe I can't kneel before anything but God, Jesus Christ. I choose not to kneel. I feel if I kneel, I will be a hypocrite, and I don't want to be a hypocrite. All of a sudden, there is a shift in his assignment. He has been prepared this whole time for this assignment. Mm -hmm. And whether he ever does anything else down the road or not, doesn't make any difference. The fact is, is for that game at Dodger Stadium, he said, the only person I will kneel for is Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. That's it. And there's definitely some ramifications coming his way. And it's interesting because, um, oh, am I going to go there or not? Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Well, the problem is, I, I want you guys to understand, this is not about politics. This is not about, I'm not making a political statement. I'm not making a, um, a a personal affirmation. What I'm saying is we have to be able to see what God's doing in the people, in his people, because what, what happens is we're able to see and be encouraged and have our faith built in what God is calling us to do. And that's the only way if we can testify to what God is doing in us, even when we feel challenged. I'm sure if everybody there knelt, there is some peer pressure about kneeling. There's peer pressure about that. And he had to do a heart check. Who have I committed my life to? Who do I kneel to? We understand the kneel was about a protest. But the kneel to him only is done before his Lord. And that's what we're trying to understand. God, in this time of of, um, confrontation, in this time of cultural brewing, you know, in this time, where do you want me to stand? How am I to stand? What, what is it you want me to do? Because that's what I have to do. Nothing else but that. And for him, he stood. 
Because Jesus Christ is who he stood for. And Jesus Christ was the only one he would kneel for. So that's where we have to understand what's going on out there. What's going on out there, God is not put off by. He's not afraid of. He's not anything. Because he has a whole army of people that he's put on this earth to defend him, defend the gospel, to take down every stronghold, to break every assignment of the enemy. That's our job. And not only is that our job, he sends his angels to do it with us. We are not alone in doing it. We have angelic all around us. Whether we see them or not, they are with us. In that frame of reference, I have a whole army of physical people that I can see. And I have a whole army of invisible warriors that I don't see. So I am surrounded by more than enough to defeat what the enemy is trying to do. So in this, we have to understand these assignments may come at a moment's notice, like they did for this relief picture, or like they did for that pastor in Georgia. You know, I'm going to go rent a 3,000 person tent that I know that only half the amount, I think he said they would only allow in the beginning 25% or 20% of it to be full. So, uh, but I'm going to do it. And I'm not going to worry about the cost. And I'm not going to worry about the, uh, the condemnation that will come against me. I'm just going to do what God says. And he can work out the details. Right. Amen. Okay, so the other thing the Lord showed me was there's a few key indicators in recognizing this, these new assignments that he's passing out. And, and of course, one of them is that bowing down before Jesus and just saying, whatever you want, that's what I'm going to do. Everything else I could care less about. It's, it's, it's just you, Jesus. It's you plus nothing. It's you plus nothing. The second thing is we have to activate what he's given us. So if we're given an assignment, then there has to be an activation on our part to get that, to get that assignment started. And one part of that is, um, you know, I was thinking about Elisha in 2 Kings 2 and how Elijah was about to be taken up to heaven. And Elisha said... You know, every time Elijah wanted to go somewhere, Elisha said, I'm going with you. And Elijah said, no, you stay here. And he's like, absolutely not. I'm not going to take my eyes off of you. Part of it, our eyes are on the assignment. Second of all, when, when um, Elijah was swept up into heaven, Elisha picked up his mantle, picked up his cloak and activated it. Just like Elijah had taken the cloak and hit the waters and they opened, Elisha picked it up and activated it because you can have an assignment, but if you never do anything about it, then your assignment's not going to go anywhere. And you know what you'll feel? You'll feel such the pressure of the Lord on you. You'll feel like this, this heaviness, this weight of God on you because he's pressing you to step into what he's called you to do. He's given you the assignment. He prepared you for it before you were born, before you were knitted in your mother's womb. And he is going to press you until you take action and step into the assignment. So you have to activate what he's calling you to do. And it's scary. 
but he will do it for us. He will be with us for us and he will send people around us. He will surround us. Um, The third thing. So the first thing was bowing down to Jesus. The second thing is activating it. And the third thing is alignment with others. God did not send you out there to do it by yourself. He will align you with others. And I'm going to turn to Acts 9 for a minute. And because I want to make sure that uh, we really catch some scripture on this. So Acts 9 verse 26, you know, when God aligns us with other other people into a new assignment, what he's going to do is he's going to align you with people who have been doing it before you. Because he wants you to be mentored and learn from people who have pioneered that road for you. And you may not do it exactly the way they do it. And like I said, I was reading the revivalist last night. And when they put their tent up, everybody came in horse and buggy. Well, I doubt if everybody came in horse and buggy in Georgia. They probably drove their cars and all that kind of stuff. So everything's not going to look the same. So what we have to realize is we're going to learn from people who have gone before us, but God's going to give us an expansion in ideas and creativity in ways in order for us to take what God has imparted to us and bring it to the next level. So we will learn and move past. You know, we always talk about we want to be the the floor. We want to be the floor. Oh, what is that? I've talked about it before. Let's see if I can come up with it. Yes. We want to be the floor that other people can stand on to reach their ceiling. You know, we want to build and then help people go higher. You know, when the, uh, when the um, healing wave first came out back in the 40s, I know I remember uh, hearing Oral Roberts talk about it afterwards after he had met some of the famous healers. He said, I just want to be able to say the words you are healed and have the whole auditorium healed. He said, but the way God uses me is I have to lay hands on every single person. And now we see, you know, once the breakthrough came of people being healed, masses of people being healed, there is that that ability to release the healing word and have masses of people healed without anyone touching them. So so God is giving us a, a greater breakthrough in the assignment he, he's put in on our shoulders. Um, Acts nine, verse 26. And this is about Paul. And, you know, Paul was persecuting the church and then he had this amazing encounter with Jesus. And, um, he, you know, he has this, he, he just understands, he has this revelation. And that's what we need. We need the revelation to be able to carry the assignment. And the only way we're going to get revelation is to pursue God in it. You know, we got to spend time with God. Yes. We got to go after him. We have to say, God, I'm not letting go until I have a revelation. So, so you know, Paul has had this revelation and he goes to Jerusalem. It says, uh, verse 26 in chapter 9, it says, when he arrived in Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, not believing that he was a disciple. However, Barnabas took him 
and brought him to the apostles and described to them how Saul had seen the Lord on the road to Damascus and how he had spoken to him and how at Damascus Saul had preached openly and spoke confidently in the name of Jesus. So he was with them moving around freely as one of them in Jerusalem, speaking out boldly in the name of the Lord. So even though Saul had this amazing pedigree of understanding God, this revelation of Christ, that he was the Messiah, he had to go and be with people who had been with the Messiah. He had to spend time with them. You know, he had to be a part of who they are. And originally it says, you know, they didn't accept him, but there was that influencer Barnabas that opened up the door and made the bridge between what they knew from the past and what they knew God had called Paul to do. So God is going to align us with people that will build a bridge for us that will help us cross over into areas of influence that will, that will mentor us just like Paul moved in with the disciples, with the apostles that will, that had been with Jesus for three years that will mentor and pour into them. And then he goes on and, and, and fulfills his calling, the greater anointing that he has. So, so if you got, if you notice People starting to align with you say, God, I know you're doing something. What am I supposed to learn from them? Or if God's bringing people to you, God, who am I supposed to mentor? What am I supposed to pour into them? It takes all of us. That is my theme this year. It takes all of us. There's not one person who can carry the kingdom and where it's going to go by themselves. It takes all of us, every person in their anointing. We, we have all got to stick together. So uh, number three was aligning with others. And number four was influence and favor. In your new assignment, you will carry influence and favor. You will be invited into situations to release God's strategy. And it may be something that you've planned for, for, for a long time. It may be something that you are suddenly put into. And next thing you know, the strategy of God is being released from you because they have invited you in to give the solution to a problem that they can't find the solution to. And God will just download it to you. He will take everything that he's built in you. He will take that anointing from the beginning of time that he's written on your heart. He will take your talents, your gifting, your creativity. He will take everything. And he will use it to release his strategy, his solution over it. I think about Daniel. We're, we're not going to go there. Oh, yeah, we are. I want to go there. Daniel 2. I was thinking about him earlier today. So we know Nebuchadnezzar has had a dream in this and he can't get anyone to interpret it. So uh, he says, whoever doesn't, if someone doesn't come up with it, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill everybody. All of my wisdom, all my, all my, all the people who are supposed to be able to do this. If you can't do it, then you're dead. I mean, that's just, it's nice and easy. And when you think about it, it's funny because 
Daniel's motivation was not to fulfill and, and interpret Nebuchadnezzar's dream. His motivation is actually found in verse 18 in chapter 2 in order that they may seek compassion from God of heaven regarding this secret so that Daniel and his companions would not be executed with the rest of the wise men. So he got his little team together, the four of them, and he said, we got to figure this out because we don't want to be executed because we don't know what it is. And then in uh, verse uh, 26, the king comes to him and says, I hear that you can interpret this dream. And Daniel says in verse 27, he says, um, Daniel answered the king and said, regarding this mystery about which the king has inquired, neither the wise men, enchanters, magicians, nor astrologers are able to answer the king. But there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets. Each one of us are secret carriers for God. We carry the secrets of his heart that will break open the world problems that we face. And he has shown King Nebuchadnezzar what will take place in the latter days. This was your dream and the vision. And he goes on to tell uh, the vision in your mind while on your bed. So each one of us carry that influence from heaven. And God has already opened doors for all of us. Though you may not recognize it, but God has opened doors for you to share the secrets of his heart for the situation someone has had, whatever their problem was, whatever that is. So, so God is already using you in these assignments. But I believe there is a shifting of a weightier feel to it. It's like when we quit doing our healing rooms, you know, we did our healing rooms here for five years. Every month we did healing rooms. And God's, he, he took that little gold-crusted crown off of us and he said, that is too easy. You, you've gotten too familiar. It's, it's too easy. So we're going to put something heavier on you so that you can have breakthrough for your region. So you can have breakthrough for the people who watch online. And, and that was our miracle services, which will start back up next month. Um, we've taken a couple of months off while we were trying to maneuver this. But he's given us a weightier calling. And it's not that we don't know anything about it. It's just that it has a much greater um, uh, ex extension. It's a, it's a much greater reach than what we had before. So when you think about how God is using you, when you think about what God is doing, think about it in these terms, God, where am I? Can I feel the shift? You know, we've had this whole year of transition and I'm trying to figure out were we really transitioning or was it the world transitioning that God is reassigning us to respond to the world's transition? You know, we've kind of gotten comfortable where we are. And there's definitely some discomfort out beyond our walls. Now, we've had to adjust, but think about this. The enemy has launched attack against the world, right? Right with this COVID. 
there, and we understand that though it may be uh, assigned to a specific person or country as a man-made, uh, uh, what do you call it, disease against us, which they're still debating all that, um, the, the core initiator of this is the enemy. He is the one who has launched this attack. He's trying to not only destroy the world economy, but he's also trying to wipe out the population. So he has initiated this. And what's happening in America, there is a war between the kingdom of God rising up in America and the kingdom of darkness flooding America. But I'm here to tell you, we will win this war. And I am confident in that. I believe the Lord has shown me. I've I've watched some of the other prophetic voices come through. We will win this war. Because what is happening is we're seeing, like the three instances I gave earlier, we're seeing the body of Christ rise up and say, we will not be defeated in this. Have we had some struggles trying to adjust and trying to figure stuff out? Absolutely. When things change overnight, you don't wake up and go, oh, no big deal. When they say you can't leave your house, you don't go, oh, no big deal. You're trying to figure out, God, what do I do? I pray, and God, you show me. And what he's shown us is we will win this war. We will not be defeated. America will not lose this because God has raised up a people that are willing to carry the weightier assignment, that are willing to stand when everybody else is kneeling, that are willing to see what God is doing and release that solution onto the earth. I also believe that Trump will win re-election. The Lord showed me that last year. But we have to pray. And we have to vote. And we have to say, God, you show me. You show me your people. And and I don't care who it is. If that's who you highlight, that's where I'm going. That's who I'm voting for. But as a democracy, we have to vote. And we cannot be discouraged by the spin that's being released. We have to be encouraged because the more spin that's being released means that the more the enemy is scrambling because he sees the defeat coming toward him. He's heard the prophetic declarations and it says in Jeremiah that God is looking to fulfill his word. He has heard the prophetic declarations and he is scrambling. So the more chaos, the more confusion, the more media spin, the more you see what you need to say is I can see that the enemy is running because he sees the victory of the Lord coming against him so he is creating so much chaos and as Christians we have to say that is not chaos to me that shows me the fear of the enemy that's about to lose a battle that he thought he could win That's what we see. So I want you guys to understand that we are in the balance. I mean, there are things that are happening, but there is a firewall 
that has been surrounded America. We're doing the firewall prayer. They're praying 24 hours, day and night, day and night. We don't have to wait on the Moravians for a hundred years to get a revival. We don't have to wait because God said, pray and I will hear from heaven. And when I hear from heaven, I will activate what you're declaring. I will stand with you as you defend my kingdom. Right now, we are defending his kingdom. So the more chaos we hear, the more bad news we hear, that means that the enemy is running scared. That's right. I need someone to agree with me on that. It is true. We need to understand that that no one's going to, that, that relief picture is not going to be headline news on CNN. If he is, it's to bring condemnation. It's to talk about how, um, what do they call us? Uh, uh, well, Christians, they call, you know, how uh, rigid we are, how inflexible we are, you know, how legalistic we are. We know that that is the enemy's tactic to get us into some self-examination process. If God wants to convict us, he will. When we seek him, we will find him. If we have an issue, he will show us. Because that's the goodness of God. He said, if my people who call my name, We have called out to him. We have prayed. We have declared. We have fasted. And we know he is responding. We see the goodness of the Lord in the midst of this turmoil. And we will not lose this battle. I'm telling you right now, we are not going to lose this battle. I am not going to lose this battle because I have an army around me. You have an army. You're my army. You're my army. You're my army. You know, it's it's kind of like. Oprah, you get a car, you get a car. We got Jesus, we got Jesus, we got Jesus. And we are going to win. I am going to win. I'm telling you right now, we're going to win. Is it going to be easy? No. Because it's not about the physical attack. The enemy has waged a mental attack against us. We talked about statistics last last week. You can go back and listen to it. But this is a mental attack. This is an attack to stir up the spirit of fear. This is an attack to stir up a spirit of confusion and chaos. This is a mental attack. It's not a physical attack. Because we see the economy bouncing back. I just looked at the unemployment numbers. We see things coming back into a line. Is it perfect? No. But we see it. So this is not a physical attack. He's trying to create fear. He's trying to create stress, chaos, confusion. He's trying to get us to ask God, God, are you doing anything? He's trying to wedge us away from God by coming into agreement with what he's doing. And God is kicking that wedge to the curb because we are one with him. We're one in the spirit. There's one God, there's one spirit, there's one body, and we're all one together. So I want us to understand we will win this. We will win this. We are praying. We are declaring. We're trusting God. We're following his word. We're taking on the assignment he's given us, and we're going to win this. 
we will win this. And I am confident with that. And um, the enemy won't win. The only way he would win is if we all lay down. And God said, if there's, if there's only one, I just need a remnant. I need a Nehemiah that'll go to the king and say, king, will you write me a letter of influence and favor that will let me rebuild the wall? He just needs one person. He needs his remnant to rise and say yes, because we know that when one rises, we all rise. When one sees, we all see. And that, that's why we're going to win, because we're not going to lay down on this. Amen. Okay, we've got a declaration we're going we're gonna to have today. I know you got my declaration up. We're going to all declare it together, uh, because I love declaration. I love the Word of God. Yeah. I love, uh, I just love Jesus. I got so tickled during worship because I'm first of all, I'm in the spirit. I'm in, in this heavenly realm. And then I'm giggling because God is so good and I can't stand it. And you know, it's funny. You're like, well, uh, I don't know if that's holy enough. It's holy enough for God. That's all I know. He doesn't care. I just got so tickled with him because I'm like, you are so good to us. We worship your presence falls. You, you touch each one of us. You are so good to us. Okay, it says that, uh, Jeremiah, I want to read it exactly. Jeremiah one twelve. it says, Then the Lord said to me, You have seen well, for I am actively watching over my word to fulfill it. Right. So we're declaring what God has told us. Oh, thank you, Noah. So uh, do you have those declarations up for me, Noah? So we're going to declare together. Okay. Whew. So I declare I am bowed before you, Jesus. I declare I am ready to receive and activate my weighty assignment. I declare I will implement your kingdom strategies. I declare I will align with others. I declare I will use influence and favor to thwart the plans of the enemy. (laughs) So so y'all just stick out your hand. God, I just thank you that... I just want to release um, just that impartation of these assignments. And, and Lord, I know that you will help us to recognize the shift. And it's not going to be this long, drawn out, where are you taking me, God? It's going to be one and done. I'm moving you in and I'm moving you out. So, Lord, just thank you that we don't have to carry these big helmet crowns by ourselves, that you are our lightness. You, you carry the weight and we just step into what you have. So we don't have to do it alone, God. You are with us and we're walking in fire. We're walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. We're releasing decrees to defeat the enemy. God, we are disrupting. We are interrupting. We are tearing up every plan that's been laid. We are bringing down and destroying everything that's already been put in motion. And God, we are releasing the kingdom of God right now. We are laying it across the world and we're saying COVID be gone in the name of Jesus. We're saying economic shift. You've given us a word of plunder. So what the enemy has taken, he's going to pay back sevenfold. We're going to come out of this with so much abundance. We are not going to know what to do with it. God, jobs are going to increase. Salaries are going to increase. 
where there has been money taken away, it will be restored and repaid plus some. God, we will be like the uh, Israelites coming out of Egypt that we have so much that the enemy is begging us, take more, take more, take more. So God, we thank you that we are not in transition. We are not stuck. God, we are crossing over. We're crossing over into the promised land you've given us. We're crossing over. We declare that we are taking our country and we will not let the enemy have any power over it. And if you're watching from another country, you declare that over your country now because the enemy will not win. We are the body of Christ and we will be in victory in this season. And we will come out even better than we went in. We will come out with abundance and we are the head. We are not the tail. So God, we just commit all this to you. And we say, thank you, Jesus, that you use us. We say, thank you that we are mighty vessels for you. We say, thank you that we are an army, that we are equipped. We are ready and we are going out to defeat the works of the enemy. And we are healing the sick. We're raising the dead. We're casting out demons. We're cleansing the leopards. We're preaching the gospel. God, nothing can hold us back. And we just love you. We are adore you. We laugh at the enemy's plans because God, you are laughing from heaven because nothing is going to stop your kingdom from coming in Jesus name. Amen. And amen. Amen. (laughs) Thanks for joining us today. We hope you are encouraged. If you would like more content like this, please visit cindy-stewart.com. We'll see you next time.